Hi, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Tiet Helimetz, and I am a principal dancer at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet, as we discuss our lives, the process in a studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews, live and in person, at the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances. Or tune in, all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to San Francisco Ballet for Christopher Weald and Cinderella. My name is Kristen Bertrand. I'm the Senior Major Gifts Officer, and I am delighted to be here with principal dancers Doris Andre and Max Cawthorn. Thank you so much for being here with us today, especially after your extraordinary performance as Cinderella and Prince Guillaume last night. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, for those of you uh, who are new to San Francisco Ballet, uh, Doris Andre is in her 19th season at San Francisco Ballet. And Max, this is your 10th season yes. at San Francisco Ballet. Max, you trained with the school, so this is uh, how many years now with the organization? This is 19 total, I think. Wow. 18 or 19. So a collective nearly 40 years represented right here. Um, so could we start off just with the two of you telling us about how you became dancers and your journey here, what brought you to San Francisco Ballet and what kept you here? Shall I start? So um, my, f I have a few family, be is there a back and forth with the sound? No, no okay, okay, I was just messing it sure. Um, we have a big family and all of the kids have a lot of energy. So my parents decided to put us in everything. So we were tired by the time we got home at night. So one of the things was ballet and turned out I really liked it and I stayed with it. And then I decided to come here because Summer School Ballet had the type of repertoire that was appealing to me. It had the more classical things and it also had more contemporary things and it was in the States and I wanted to come here and experience the American life and I, I came. Doris, where did you grow up? Vigo, Galicia, Spain. It's beautiful, very rainy, but really beautiful. So you felt at home the past few weeks? It does. Rain. Yeah, this year it feels like home. I keep telling Max on my way, yeah, on my way to work, I'm like, it feels like Vigo. It's so nice. But there's also a million different types of rain. There's like specific words for different types of rain. So every day she'll be like, oh, this is like this rain, and oh, this is that rain. And we have 140 words for rain. What's your favorite? Berbenta. It's when it rains kind of from the side, but it's soft. 
it's a very poetic description. <laughs> what about you, Max? Um, so I grew up in I grew up in San Francisco. I was in movement classes at ODC as a kid. Um, then I saw West Side Story, the movie, and I really enjoyed it. My mom was like, "If you want to do something like that, then you should do this." Um, I did not like it. I did six months in the school here, and I quit. Um, Jeff Lyons called my family and was like, I think he should come back. I think he has promise. I was terrified and shaking on the phone, so I came back, um, stuck with it. Took me a while to start enjoying it, um, admittedly, but um, stuck with it. Got a job, lucky enough to get a job. Continued, fell in love with it. It's here now, so. And you went from student, trainee, apprentice, corps de ballet, soloist, and then principal in 2020. Yeah, I started in level one when I was 11. Register now at San Francisco Ballet School. <laughs> you never know. So for those of you just joining us, this is Meet the Artist, a series of conversations with the dancers and musicians and artisans of San Francisco Ballet. Uh, these talks are available as podcasts online at sfballet.org. If you want more of this, we've got a big library for you to listen to. Um, right now, I'd love to shift gears and talk about the production we're about to see, which was uh, commissioned by San Francisco Ballet and Dutch National Ballet. Uh, it, the world premiere was in 2012 and debuted in the U.S. here in 2013. Uh, Doris, you were part of that original production. Could you tell us um, about what it was like to work with Wielden and what role did you originate? I believe it was Spring Fairy? It was. Um, I always like working with Chris. I, I think he's one of the funniest people on earth. He's, he's got that British humor that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, we, I originated Spring and I mean, I hope you guys like it. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, it's, they're not my steps. They're Chris's steps. But it was my body being used to create those steps, I guess. What is it like working with Chris in the studio? Does he come with something very clear in mind? Or is it an organic process, sort of trying things out, seeing what they look like, how they feel on your body? How much of you is in the choreography for Spring? He's... He's a craftsman. He knows the craft. He knows choreography very well. And he has a very clear idea of what he wants. He might change slightly depending on the person who's in front. But he, he is able to communicate what he likes and dislikes and make you do what he likes, basically. Like, he's, he's very specific, but in a... It doesn't feel constrictive at the same time. It's a really nice balance. And Max, you were still in the school during the first production. When did you perform in Cinderella? I first performed Cinderella in the fall of 2013. We premiered it in the spring of 2013 here. Um, and then we took it to New York on tour. And so I did my first performances with the company um, and in, in Cinderella their uh, servant um, and some of like the like the ninjas and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't see the ninjas. Where exactly. Are the ninjas? There are some you, whole. You're not meant to see the ninjas. World that you don't know about. 
Could you tell us more about that? I, I, <laughs> I think they're technically called the puppeteers. We call them the ninjas. They're in like black velvet uh, get-ups to help manage things invisibly. They have, I'm, and this is not a joke, they honestly do the most important job. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like between them and the fates and like creating the magic um, and the stagehands, it's like a lot of that magic is created by those people because it's all of the things that you don't see. So holding Cinderella in the carriage, acting as the wheels, acting as the tree that grows in the grave, acting as all of these different things that you don't see and are meant to not see. I think there were moments when I was watching last night that I thought things must be attached to a cord and now I'm realizing that was a ninja. Yeah, that's a person. That's exciting. Um, so Joris, we saw you as Cinderella last night and we'll see the two of you again on Thursday evening and Saturday matinee, correct? Yeah. So how many times have you performed the role of Cinderella? How many productions now? I've performed other roles for a long time, since 2013. That's when we opened this first. And I did my first Cinderella in Washington, D.C. in 2015. When San Francisco was on tour there? Yes. And what is it like now, 10 years later, revisiting this role? It's, it's different every time. And I think that's a good thing because you have a different partner, you have different connections. You also grow as a person, hopefully, and as an artist, hopefully. So you see life and you see the art form differently. So because it's a life, it's live theater, you're going to do it differently. And I think that's really beautiful. Like there are little things that I found this time around that I didn't think about 10 years ago. So I'm really excited to show those new ways of being and performing. And they're just little things, but they matter to me and hopefully you can see them. Would you be willing to tell us what one of those little things is? So for example, I never thought about when, what is the moment that she falls in love with him? And at first I thought it was she liked him, and then she falls in love in second act when he's a prince. And then I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that she likes him when he's rich. That's messed up. I'm like, no, no, no. She likes him when he has nothing. So I, I made it, this time around, I wanted to be in, yeah, fall in love with him right away. When he comes in, she's just smitten by him. He's charming, he's cute, and she likes him right away. So the moment he comes in, she's like, he's mine. So these are the type of decisions that I think like change, yeah, throughout your career. Not bad. <laughs> There's this moment with the two of you um, when and I won't give too much away, but when the prince comes in to Cinderella's home and he does not present as a prince, and the two of you are interacting by the fireplace and you portray that so well. You're supposed to be watching what's happening with the sisters, but all I could do was watch the two of you with these quiet, tender moments 
Max, what is it like for you dancing the role of the prince now? And congratulations on your promotion from servant to prince. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well earned. Um, from ninja servant to prince. Um, no, I mean, similarly, I've done a bunch of roles. I've done, I did courtiers for years. I did puppeteers for years. I did servant for a while. I did summer, autumn, fates. We did a whole bunch. Um, but it's, it's really nice to have the opportunity to explore it. And the way Chris has formatted it isn't just that it's Cinderella and the story is about Cinderella. Like, I have a lot of opportunity to help try to develop my character and think about why my character is doing what he's doing, why he's feeling the way he's feeling, and not just, okay, let me be in the right place at the right time for her. <laughs> there's that of there's that too, right? But it's, it's, it's that give and take, and you have to learn and develop your own character as well, and that's something that I'm really grateful to, to Chris for incorporating. Max, we see the prince in this very playful, mischievous, almost like youthful, naughty role, switching roles and coming in undercover. And then you meet Cinderella and there's this moment when the two of you are standing on the table and you reach for her to dance. And you transform into a prince, I think, in that moment. How do you do that, this quiet, gentle moment between the two of you? I, especially in that scene, in the first kitchen scene, when I come in not as myself, um, I try to incorporate moments of kind of forgetting that we're playing this trick and having these moments of like being very princely. Um, I didn't do this last night. I don't think, but in some of the rehearsals, I put the little napkin under my shirt so that I don't like drip any soup on my clothes, but I'm like disheveled and ugly and like that's, doesn't matter. So it's, it's things like that that I hope read and kind of make sense so that when we have chance to be a prince together, it makes sense. You've had a lot of princes as Cinderella over the years. What is it like dancing with Max? How's he doing so far in his first time in this role? <laughs> really well. <laughs> Good no, answer. No, it's, I mean, it's a pleasure. He's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's mostly, it's really fun. And I think that's a very important part of this job. If you don't like it, maybe don't do it. You know, like I, I try to have fun, not just on stage, but the process going on stage, like every rehearsal, just enjoy it because the process matters. If you have a bad process, even if the show is great, it's not the same memory. You won't enjoy it as much. So I, it's easy, obviously. It's easy to have a good process with Max. It's, it's, you know, it's been fun. And my, yeah, my whole cast, I have to say, I'm very, I'm very grateful that I had the cast that I had. Could you describe Max as a partner? What are some of his best strengths? I mean, he's very strong. So that's a great strength. Um, he just lifts me. I'm like, yeah. Um, so that feels, that feels really good. And he's very patient with me. 
and he is very calm, which is very useful for me, um, it, especially in, in rehearsal. In the shows, I tend to be very calm. On stage, I'm very calm. But in rehearsals, I have a lot of energy. So I jump from one point to the next. I'm like, oh, but this part. Oh, no, let's talk about this part. He's like, calm down, one thing at a time. And it's nice to have somebody that can bring the level of energy down just a little bit so it's not chaos all the time. Yeah. What do you describe? Doris as chaotic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Played the fifth. No, I'm just joking. Um, no, no, I, I, I think Doris and I have had the chance to work together in a couple different things, and I think we both quickly learned that we, we work often in different ways, and it's been useful to understand that and understand the strength of both ways of working. So Doris is often like, let's just see what happens. Like, let's just try this, let's just do that. Like, doesn't want to stifle anything, doesn't want anything to become stagnant. And I have a tendency to want to plan. And so I think having those two together works really well because when you're on stage and things are going differently than they have in the studio or there's salt on the floor or there's a shoe on the floor or like different things that you don't know we're anticipating for, if you're stuck in your stagnant ways, then that might throw you too far off, right? So you need to be able to do both. And I think we've been able to complement each other really well in that way. And we also have similar priorities. Like we want the characters to make sense. We want the story to make sense first and foremost. So if we mess up a turn or a promenade or a lift or whatever, doesn't matter. Keep moving, story first. So we have the same priorities different ways of getting there, but together the same way to get there. You're very eloquent. And what would you say um, are some of Doris's greatest strengths as, as a dancer, as a partner? I, I think being in the moment in that way of not being constrained by herself and what we've learned and what we've worked on, but having all of that as a foundation to then be free in that moment. You mentioned salt on the floor. Uh, <laughs> it's live theater, anything can happen. Could you tell us about uh, maybe some of the triumphs and maybe some of the bloopers from last night? So last night, I started the show, I told my fates, I was like, let's embrace the mistakes. And we're like, yay, embrace the mistakes. Within 10 minutes, the salt shaker that we all it comes from Amsterdam this way. It hasn't been an issue in 15, 10 years that we've been doing this ballet. It opened and there was salt everywhere. And I, people thought it was me playing April's Fools on everyone. And I thought it was other people playing April's Fools on us. But it wasn't, it was just purely a mistake. And we did embrace it. The fates were cleaning for real for the first time. That broom was being used the way it, should, it was meant to be used, it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of those moments. We had, we had different props like fall on stage, be left on stage by accident, we had the soul, we had, we had, we had some little mishaps like that. But yeah. again, all things to just embrace and, and just keep moving with. How did it go with the coach without giving away too much of the magic? Coach? Oh, the, coach. the Cinderella carriage. It was, good. it was good. I mean, we, yeah. It's a tricky moment. It's, it's a lot of coordination. But it, when it works, it's amazing. 
So um, any moments that you felt like, yes, um, any, any high points from last night? I, I black out. I don't, honestly, I, if you ask me how my shows go, I have no idea. Really? I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I had the most fun. I, but that's all I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard to be a good judge of yourself and your performance. Um, I think a high point, I, I think we both really liked the third act parada because at that point you're pretty tired, you're comfortable on stage, you're kind of just in the flow of it, you can't really think too much about it. Um, and that parada is also very fluid in that same way. I enjoy second act. No, me too. Oh. But I'm just saying highlight, I think third act. Okay. For me, <laughs> sounds like it was second act for you. I, I don't know. I think like if you start analyzing the show uh, as you're doing it, that's yeah. not, it's not a good idea. I yeah. think you have to put the analytical mind away and just at that point is performance mind, which is be in the moment, don't think about the past or the future, be in the moment. Because yeah. otherwise, if you do anything wrong, you're gonna carry it with you. So I think blacking out is probably a good idea. Well, and that's also why like putting story first helps. Yes. Because you don't, I'm not Max, right? I'm Prince, you're not Doris, you're Cinderella. So like in that moment, it's not like, oh, did this go, uh, uh, uh. No, it's like, okay, now I'm in the ball. Now this means this, this. It gives you context to continue moving in the moment. I was gonna ask you if you had any sort of mantra or anything you sort of tell yourself before you get into that relaxed mode, but that question feels irrelevant now. <laughs> we know that Doris is blacking out. I think trusting yourself. I would say I always have to tell myself to trust myself. And I'm sure a lot of my coworkers probably feel like I'm a broken record because I say it to them too if they're like, oh, Max, I'm really nervous. I'm like, trust yourself. Okay, good. But like you also, it does matter. Like we've put in all the work. You do the work. We do the work across the street at the ballet building to be critical and to work on things and to analyze things. And when you come here, you have to be in the moment. You can't be analyzing. You have to trust yourself and just move with the flow. This is great advice for life. Thank you both. Uh, we should start a mindfulness <laughs> podcast, Mindfulness and Ballet with Max and Doris. We're almost to the end of San Francisco Ballet's 90th anniversary season. Uh, we started the season with Next at 90, uh, nine world premieres, and I'd say that was a pretty contemporary set of repertory. You've really gone the whole spectrum from Doris, you in um, Robert's uh, resurrection. You were electrifying, you were this dark, dominating force controlling your partner with like telekinesis. And, and now you're a princess and Max, you were this, um, this exquisite poet in Blanc's Gateway to the Sun. You both have really gone from visceral to more traditionally classic. What is it like to experience all of that in your body across a season? It hasn't felt too difficult physically this year. Um, something that I had a harder time with 
in the in the festival is when you only have 30 minutes to tell a story it's much harder than when you have a whole evening. It's much harder to have like a clear story arc in that 30 to 35 minutes and make it make sense and feel authentic than it is when you have two and a half hours. So that's something that I appreciate about having those two different skill sets is being able to work on both. Um, so far physically, it feels it feels okay. It doesn't feel, hasn't felt too big of a, of a juxtaposition. Yeah, for me, this, I'm in a way the same. I This one, for some reason, doesn't feel so classical, because it isn't. It's like neoclassical, and it's crisis. Um, so it doesn't feel constraining to me. Uh, I don't know. I feel more free, and therefore, I maybe in my mind, it's not classical. So I'm like, oh, I can do this. This is great. Um, yeah. I mean, I, that's why I came here. So I like the spectrum. I like doing the more contemporary and the more classical and the in-betweens. So to me, that's, this year especially hasn't felt like too much of a stretch. That, so that's what you enjoy about being at San Francisco Ballet specifically is the, the dynamic repertoire, that spectrum from contemporary to classical? Yes, I like, you know, everybody likes to be challenged. I think that's why we're here, to be challenged and learn new things. And I think this company, and it will continue this way, and I think it's very exciting what's to come. I think it's gonna challenge artists, and I think that's how you grow. And so that's, yeah, that's really nice. I think that's, I see it as a positive. It does hurt sometimes. You know, your legs do hurt differently, depending on what you're doing. But, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the goal, in a way. Do you agree, Max? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you, we, we want to become the most well-rounded artists that we can. So that's physically, emotionally, mentally, in any aspect, right? And the way you do that is by doing different things. If you do one thing only ever, then you'll get really, really good at that one thing, but you also don't have a lot of range within the art form as a whole. So, of course, it's valuable. What was uh, maybe the biggest challenge or biggest growing experience this season? I didn't prepare them for this one. Yeah, that's hard. Biggest growing experience. Um, or one of them. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Go for it. No, no, please go. <laughs> I, I, I think Cinderella has been a growing experience because, at least for the men, it's the kind of thing, um, I should say for like the male leads, it's the kind of thing that, you hear everyone describe as really, really challenging, as really difficult physically and emotionally. And um, I think it's important to, to grasp that understanding, but also to try to move forward without too much context involved, because sometimes you can get sort of bogged down by the idea of it being really, really difficult. 
and things like that. So I think that's been a big growing moment for me is to try to try to like start fresh without too much precon like preconceived ideas about it. Doris? I honestly was been challenging. I think the New Works Festival was challenging in different ways that wasn't before. Um, but I think I've learned a lot about how to communicate in a studio that I didn't know before uh, and how communication is key. How sometimes, how sometimes a person, well, very well intended, thinks they're explaining things, but somehow, yes, I think I've learned that you have to explain. I love that, this, this is ironic. I'm explaining about communication and being not eloquent at all. But. You're doing great. It's okay. It's, we're learning. Embrace the mistakes. <laughs> Embrace the mistakes. That's right. Um, yeah, I think that it's imp communicating and in a sensible way and in a way that, and also giving people the freedom of choice is very important. Well, Doris and Max, thank you both so much for spending this time with us for your beautiful performances. We look forward to seeing you again on stage on Thursday evening, Saturday matinee. Tickets are still available. I can hear the musicians are ready to come in and start warming up. So we'll wrap this up. But this has been Meet the Artist with Doris Andre and Max Cawthorn. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And check us out at sfballet.org for more podcasts. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.